Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. You hear that, Jason? I did hear that. Popping the top, man. I did. What are you drinking today? Well, today I am having a Citra Slice India Pale Ale with citrus from Community Beer Company in Dallas. And your your beer refrigerator is very exotic. Uh, You know what the thing is, is I have no hand in filling that refrigerator either. I, I don't buy any of these. That your wife or your daughter's buying It's the my beer wife. Now. My daughters are not old enough to buy beer mm, okay. or drink well, it, and they better know that. Well, they're in college, at least not like they're like in, you know, fifth grade or something. Well, they're, I'm sure uh, they're not doing they're, any of that. No, no, not at all. They're wheelers. Um, I have a Dos Equis. And, Dos Equis, uh, nice. Yeah, I don't always drink beer, but when I do. <laughs> With or without lime? Uh, without lime. Wait, and what is the other thing you always sprinkle in? What is Oh, the tahine or tajine. Tajine. tajine? As a white guy says it, tajine? <laughs> I don't know. The commercials say tajine. I say tajine. So, so, hey, man, have you been to uh, vote yet? Uh, I have, actually. And, How long was it? Uh, it wasn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be as far as the weight and the logistics and all of that. You know, we've all heard all these warnings about how, you know, get ready. Get ready to stand there in line forever. Uh, for my, you know... For my threshold, it was a line that was too long. I usually won't wait in a line if it's more than like eight people for anything. Uh, but, you know, I thought, well, let me give this a try. I went toward the very end, like 645. You know, I'm the I'm the one who shows up and all the workers hate you because you've you know, shown up at the last minute. Um, and, of course, polls close at seven. But if, if you're in line, they'll let you vote. And uh, it moved swiftly. It was actually very fast. You know, com- you know I looked at this line thinking, man, this is going to be tough. I might have to leave this. And it was actually very swift. I did it on day one, too. Day one? Wow. Oh, by the you way, say, I think yeah. we've already hit a minute of talking, you know, with two me minutes. going on and on about my beer. So in, in this two minutes, by the way, about 300 more people just in Harris County have already cast their ballots now. That's the rate at which this is happening. In two minutes, 300 more ballots cast. That's staggering. It, it is 150 people a minute voting in in the state's largest city, yeah. the state's largest county, one of the largest counties in, in the country. I haven't voted yet. I was like you. I was going to, unlike you rather, I was going to wait and let things die down a little bit. But it's not really dying down, which is which is remarkable. I think Denton County, doesn't Denton County hold the, the, the biggest record right now for the most number of... Denton of, County uh, has just raced out there. Yeah. And I mean, and, and shows no signs of, of letting up either. Uh, Harris County, another one that has just been far beyond the norm. Uh, you know, just, just for perspective here, Jason, in 2016, uh, we had the most votes cast in any presidential election here in Texas back in 2016, um, a, a little more than uh, 8 million votes total. Uh, already, after six days of early voting in Texas, we have passed the 4 million threshold. So half of all of the votes that were cast in 2016, which was a record you know, year for numbers, 
Uh, half, more than half of all of those votes have already been cast in six days of early voting. That's remarkable. We have what, uh, you know, a solid two weeks left and we're roughly two weeks away from the election as well, too. Uh, Dallas County had huge numbers as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's yard signs aren't, aren't that big of a barometer, but they're at least interesting to me, depending on the neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you if you go to certain neighborhoods, if you go to the third ward in Houston or in South yeah. Dallas and you see a lot of Trump signs, that should tell you something. Yeah. Um, and I was, you've been going through these, uh, what are you doing? Driving around these real high dollar neighborhoods around Dallas? Yeah. You know, we can always dream. We can always wish that, you know, we can li- live, uh, live life in your shoes, man. Yeah. Um, I, I make podcast money, not anchor money like you do, man. <laughs> You're not so, getting two checks. I am <laughs> podcast and anchoring. So you've been so hanging w- out in university park. No, I, I was driving through. So or Highland uh, you know, Park, which one? Uh, Hi- Highland them. Park. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, was, I was driving through Mockingbird. So uh, Mockingbird Lane, it cuts between Interstate 35 and Highway 75. And I was going that way on it. Anyways, driving through all these, you know, big, fine, beautiful houses, these big, you know, beautifully manicured lawns. I think they call them estates in those yes, neighborhoods. The, Jason. the Wheeler estates and yeah, uh, yeah. You know, all that type of stuff. <laughs> I was shocked, man. I was stunned stunned at the number of Biden signs hmm. in Highland Park and University Park. Hmm. For people who might not know the area, Highland Park and University Park is, is uh, you know, as red as, as red gets in, in Dallas County. It's one of the few red islands in Dallas County. But it's it's a solid Republican area. Uh, you know, George W. Bush, the former president of the United States, uh, lives in the area there, too. Mm-hmm. But there were a, a boatload of I'd say something else, but there were a mm. blank load of Biden signs, and it was mm. shocking. I did see two Trump flags, so there was some uh, you know Trump representation there, but I did not expect to see that at all, man. And just for comparison purposes, this is uh, sort of the Alamo Heights, if you are, or the Dominion uh, area, if you are in San Antonio. This is the uh, River Oaks area, if you are in Houston. Uh, so, so Jason's checking out that high-end real estate out there uh, and looking at what the signs look like. You know, I've been doing the same thing. It's, a, it's like this weird obsession. I, I go for uh, bike rides now uh, because you've shamed me on uh, rollerblading enough. Uh, I'm watching that, out uh, for you, man. I'm watching out. I've been going on these uh, bike rides, and I count the signs uh, for each side, which is really kind of wonky and nerdy. And uh, what'd you find out? And I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, it's not scientific by any measure. Uh, But yeah, I I too have been uh, surprised in some of these neighborhoods uh, where you're seeing quite a few of the Biden Harris signs uh, popping up. You you don't see any shortage though uh, of Trump Pence signs as well. Uh, So you know it's 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 a slugfest. Uh, It will continue to be a slugfest over the days to come. Uh, The whole question is, which side turns out their voters, whether it be in Highland Park, in the rest of Texas, and certainly across the country, especially in the big battleground states. Uh, And turnout is something we've all been paying attention to. Uh, People have been wondering, is it going to cool off a little bit from what it started off as, which is just out of the gates crazy? And so far it hasn't. And the Harris County clerk is Christopher Hollins. We've talked to him before here on Yolitics, but we gave Christopher a call again because he he has seen record numbers in Harris County. Uh, they have uh, drive-through voting in Harris County. They have uh, 24-hour voting centers down there. They have 800 different precincts down there. Um, and people are showing up. You guys broke all kinds of records in the first week of voting. We're starting the second week right now. What's it looking like now? Uh, well, things are continuing to roll. I checked uh, just about a half hour ago, 
and we're looking like we're averaging something like last week about eight nine thousand votes an hour uh which uh could get us to another you know hundred thousand day which uh is just marvelous uh, before this year uh there was a single day in history where a hundred thousand harris county voters had cast their votes during early voting and so for us well, to stunning. achieve that uh and truly for the voters themselves to achieve that in four consecutive days here uh is just truly astounding and and we'll wait and see this uh if, if we see that again uh this afternoon Chris, I think that a lot of people were curious as to what this week was going to look like because we've had this expanded early voting. And so last week, uh, man, the floodgates just opened. We saw voters lining up and really making their voices heard in a powerful way. And I think a lot of people sitting on the sidelines said, let's wait for next week and the week after that before we try to figure out what's going on here because we expect to see some kind of taper off. It just can't keep up at this blistering pace and you're telling us here that at least in the early going, as we start a brand new week now, we're still seeing this blistering pace. So far. Um, but, you know, I'll tell you that my office is thinking the exact same thing. Uh, after that huge day one, we said, all right, you know, we'll, we'll get come back to reality tomorrow. And then it happened again and it happened again and it happened again. And so our expectations have been, you know, totally just kind of you know, blown through the roof. That having been said, we were overprepared on the front end of this uh, when it comes to PPE in particular, uh, and when it comes to the number of locations. As you may be aware, we tripled the number of early voting locations available uh, to Harris County voters. Uh, of course, we also introduced drive-through voting, which roughly about 10% of our votes have been cast uh, through drive-through voting locations. And so while I continue to be amazed at these numbers on a daily basis, um, we are well prepared to, to handle this influx. And we're making daily adjustments to make things even smoother uh, across the county. Chris, I haven't voted yet. And, and I was kind of, you know, thinking the same thing Jason just said. And you said, too, about hey, I'm going to let things die off a little bit, kind of let the let them run out of the I voted stickers. And then, you know, people won't want to go vote. <laughs> but um, give me an idea. You guys have a long ballot in Harris County. Uh, but how long should I expect the actual process of voting to take? Yeah, so so we had done some math early on, uh, and I think the Texas Tribune reported this. But we thought that it would take somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes if you were going to be voting your entire ballot. Uh, we're seeing people move through their ballots a lot more quickly than that. Um, and maybe it's because they're, you know, essentially – you know, mimicking a straight ticket, right? They're just moving through, either going dim, 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 or R, 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 R. Uh, but we are seeing those lines move really quickly. And in fact, what we've noticed in terms of our operation, and this is some of the adjustment that I just mentioned to you, is that the bottleneck appears to be not the number of voting machines at a location in most cases, but it's the number of, of check-in machines. You know, checking in seems to be uh, the you know, the relatively you know, slowest part of the process. And so we've rolled out, those are called e-poll books. We've rolled out uh, hundreds of additional e-poll books to locations that have some of the longer lines, although we haven't seen long lines uh, with any level of consistency uh, after the first day, uh, just to make the check-in process that much quicker um, and, and let you get in and out. And so over this weekend and on Friday as well, no lines. Um, you know, of any significance across Harris County. So we're excited about that. 
I think that's fascinating that you're getting people through so much faster and and that idea that perhaps people are not sitting there mulling over which party to go for in different races. They already know. They, they And like you said, they're doing sort of a, a, a poor man's version of a straight ticket vote by having to go in and click each one individually. So you all plan for people to take 10 to 20 minutes to go through the process. Do you have any kind of metrics on how long it's actually taking them? You know, I haven't been sitting there with a stopwatch, but... Um you know, but I have visited, you know, nearly half of our uh, voting centers already. And just from, you know, somewhat eyeballing it, it's looking like, you know, five to seven minutes or so. Wow. Are, are people voting the entire ticket? That's a good question. Again, we're not we're not exit polling them either. <laughs> or, you know, we're, of course, maintaining their privacy and letting them get in, cast their ballots and get out of there. Uh, it would be interesting to know, though, um, it, you know, how much drop off is, is taking place from the presidential race uh, all the way down. Mm-hmm. I'd like to to back up just a second here. I know that you all have uh, tried to do a lot of things to streamline the process of voting and to, to make it uh, more available, uh, including uh, adding extra drop boxes for people who are mail in voting. Some of those things have uh I guess, pulled in the ire of uh, the governor and the state, which have challenged some of the the measures that you all have implemented there in Harris County. But one thing that you did that has uh, continued successfully here is this notion of drive-through voting. Most parts of the state are not seeing that. Is this uh, the wave of the future here? Is this something that you think might be here to stay? Uh, It should be. And, you know, while we're the first in Texas to be doing this, um, we've seen other jurisdictions uh, start to do this, especially during COVID-19. Uh, Wisconsin took on drive-through voting, uh, and, and I spoke with numerous jurisdictions in Wisconsin uh, myself early in the process, uh, because what we were trying to do as soon as I became county clerk uh, on June 1st was go and learn from other jurisdictions that had already had elections during the time of COVID-19. Uh, Wisconsin was one of the first, and then we also talked to Miami-Dade County, Maricopa County in Arizona, to learn more. And so Wisconsin is one of, I believe, many uh, jurisdictions across uh, parts of Wisconsin are among jurisdictions across the country that are doing this. But look, it's it's safe. It's convenient uh, to a T. The voters really enjoy the experience. Um, and so I certainly believe that it's something that we should continue. But this is one of the numerous lawsuits that's out there right now. Um, you know, I believe it's the Harris County Republican Party in this instance. I'm not I lose track of, of which Republican sect is suing us at any given time, but, um, but they're challenging this as some f- a form of, you know, illegal extension of curbside voting, which it's not. Uh, and so we're going to you know, have that battle in court. Chris, you are doing this interview with us from a vehicle. T- t- tell me, are you, are you drive-through voting right now yourself, man? Or, or why, <laughs> why, are, why are you not in your office? Uh, you're, you're in a car, it looks like, man. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sitting here in my mobile office, but um, I think I'm, well, I said it a moment ago, I've been to, to nearly half of the voting locations. Uh, I'm doing two things when I'm going out there. One is just thanking those election workers for all the hard work uh, that they're doing. Uh, two, uh, checking on the safety protocols to make sure that we uh, are following those rigorous standards of keeping the voters and the election workers safe. Uh, but today I'm not visiting any locations, um, you know, getting some other things done. But 
I've gotten real familiar with this uh, this mobile office here. Chris, I don't know how much you've been able to, you know, even have the time or bandwidth to talk to your counterparts around the state uh, as we've been underway with early voting here. But we've been seeing uh, some pretty extraordinary turnout in, in other places as well around the state. And I, I'm just curious what your thoughts are uh, from what you have seen, just you know, per, your personal thoughts, uh, what you've seen in the first week of early voting here in Texas and the fact that in this state we were just about 45,000 people or so shy of hitting the 17 million mark with the number of registered voters this time around. Uh, these are extraordinary numbers. They are. Um, and, you know, what I've seen – here in 2020 in particular, uh, is that folks across this country and certainly across this state uh, are yearning to have their voices heard. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, in peaceful protests, you know, around criminal justice uh, or, you know, any other things that, you know, obviously COVID-19 is huge right now. The economic uncertainty that we're facing because of that uh, is something that people care deeply about. And, uh, you know, the best way to have your voice heard in this country or in a democracy in general is to, to make that voice heard you know, at the ballot box. And so you know, we're excited that so many people are getting out and voting. Um, you know, I, I saw some statistics sort of early on, I think that after the first day or two, and uh, you know, I saw the huge spike in Harris County, of course. I saw Denton County uh, put some phenomenal numbers up in terms of their voter turnout. Uh, and so, yeah, like that's what democracy is all about. Uh, I hope that every single registered voter gets out and cast their votes. And we're doing our best to make that uh, a reality here in Harris County. Chris, in August and September, there were a lot of people that were concerned that that uh, there might not be enough poll workers because of COVID. And a lot of the poll workers are usually uh, some older folks. And there, there was concern that, hey, if there aren't enough poll workers, you might have to close down some locations. Last time we talked to you, Chris, you guys had, what, 20-something thousand, I think, applications for like 11,000 positions. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to fill all those, I presume? And do you have a, 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 a backup list just in case somebody decides they don't want to show up? Absolutely. Uh, so we ended up with nearly 40,000 applications. Uh, and we, uh, of course, are, are well you know, stocked and have everybody in their places for early voting. Uh, and we're working on finalizing that list for, for Election Day. But we're in pretty good shape. But we do have, you know, backups upon backups. Um, you know, in fact, just in the spirit of full transparency, and I think this is already in the news, um, you know, there've been one or two times where we've had some symptoms at a site or someone say they had a positive test. And what we did in those situations was we sent every single election worker home, uh, brought in an entirely new crew, had that, uh, that voting center sanitized and then reopened it in less than an hour. Um, and then we've been fortunate in those cases that Aside from that one election worker in question, all those other election workers that have gone for rapid testing have come back negative. And so uh, that is awesome. Um, and then once they come back negative, negative, we're able to put them back in place. And so that, that process is working just in the way that, uh, that it should. You know, in the time of COVID-19, we're, we're, you know, we're going to face issues like this. And it's just up to us to be responsible about it and move as quickly as possible to address those issues when they arise. Sitting in the seat that you sit in, I know that you always have to be thinking, you know, two and three steps uh, ahead uh, because there's so much to to keep track of here. Let's talk about counting all of these votes when it's all said and done. Uh, What are your thoughts about that process? Are there any uh, concerns that you have uh, heading into a couple of weeks from now when it's time to actually get all of these tallies in and uh, try to get it done all on election night? Uh, No, we don't have any major concerns there. 
you know, I think a big concern across the country is how are you going to process and count mail ballots? And, you know, here in Texas, you're able to begin that process much earlier. In fact, we started last week. And so, you know, we're keeping it up with those on a daily basis. Our signature verification committee and early voting ballot board are going through those processes and accepting those ballots. Um, and then the, the ultimate tabulation doesn't happen until election day. Uh, and that is, again, an identical process to what we followed in the past. And we look forward to result, uh, reporting those early voting results, including mail ballot results on election night. And then on election night, we've, you know, one of our 24 safe ground improving the speed at which we report those results on election night. And so we've been doing dry runs of, of election night operations across the county. And so it's going to be quite the operation. Uh, it may be a bit of a long night, but we're looking forward to reporting all those results out, of course, unofficial results on election night. Chris, you kind of broke up there a little bit. Why do you think it's going to be a, a potentially a long night? Well, uh, you know, you never know. Uh, that's, probably, that's the primary reason. But, you know, we have over 800 uh, voting centers on election day. And due to uh, some changes in uh, how the Secretary of State has directed us to, to handle those, uh, those tabulated results, they all need to physically come to a single location. Uh, whereas, you know, if we go back to the 2016 election here in Harris County, uh, some of those results could be sent through an, an county intranet system from satellite locations. That's no longer the case. And so all 800 election judges have to physically transport their results to a single place. And we're going to have to then process those. And so this is the first time that we're doing that in a pre presidential election. We have you know, piloted something like this in July. Uh, we've done dry runs since then to try and tighten it up. Uh, but, but we do know that we'll be able to get it done on election night. And we're hoping we do that you know, as quickly as possible before folks start to get tired. Chris, there have been a lot of fights about process uh, in this election. Do you think that going forward when this is all done, the dust is all settled, that it's going to be time to, to sit down and hammer out differences and, and, and see what people can come to an agreement on as far as making uh, elections more uniform across Texas and not having these fights uh, every, every, every time we head to the ballot box? That's absolutely necessary. I mean, look, we need two things. First of all, you know, at the national level, we need a renewed Voting Rights Act, period. Uh, to protect the, the, the rights of every member of this democracy to participate equally. That's number one. But here in Texas, uh, the legislature certainly needs to spend some time uh, just getting on the same page on certain, certain areas, uh, particularly mail ballots. Uh, those philosophical differences don't exist uh, in other states. I mean, you have red and blue states that vote 100% by mail with no controversy. And so we need to figure that out. Uh, but then there are other just small things. Uh, I'll just give you an example that I would almost bet took place accidentally. So th this one example with, with mail ballot applications is that, you know, our deadline to receive a mail ballot application is October 23rd. However, there's some stipulation in the law that says if you want to hand deliver your application to us, the deadline is October 13th. And that just makes no sense at all. It's absurd. I don't think it's there intentionally. It's just, you know, two, two laws got written up and they happened to not coincide. And so, you know, I look forward, you know, I won't be the county clerk anymore come January, but I look forward to spending time, uh, you know, with state legislators uh, 
talking about some of these issues, um, you know, sharing our views and, and, you know, banding together with other election administrators across this county, all 254 of us, uh, to say, you know, let's get on the same page on some of these things. Let's make things easier for the voter as our number one, you know, customer and priority, but also let's make things smoother for, for the election administrators as well. Good deal. Chris, we know you're busy, man. You're, you're talking to us from your, your uh, vehicle there. So we'll let you run and good luck in these remaining two weeks of early voting. Jason and Jason, great to see y'all. So I, you know, first of all, the numbers that he's talking about there are head spinning, especially when you keep it up day after day after day in this enormous county and here in this enormous state. Again, we don't want to get too Harris County centric with this because we're seeing this in big counties uh, all across the state. I'm curious to see uh, when we really get in there and and, and start seeing the numbers close to Election Day from the more rural counties as well uh, that uh, were very strongly Trump country uh, the last time around. Uh, But, you know, that whole idea of drive up democracy uh, is intriguing, too, Jason. You know, this idea of just not even having to get out of your car, being able to sit there and and hit the screen and then drive on through. Uh, My mom uh, lives in Harris County, and that is what she is planning to do. She, you know, got some problems with her knee. And uh, this just speaks to her. I think it speaks to a lot of people. I'm curious to see if we start seeing more of this after this election. Did, did your mom rollerblade at all, Jason? <laughs> she no? didn't. No, she didn't have the knees for it, see? And, uh, yeah, maybe that's why I've turned to biking, too. You know, you, not only have you shamed me, but it is easier on the knees. Uh, no doubt. Uh, you, you know, the, the big question is, you know, week one is in the books for early voting. We have two weeks to go. We're, in, you know, kind of starting in the middle of our second week here. Can Texans sustain those numbers? And if so, what does that suggest? The big question with all this is, wow, people are showing up, but who are they voting for? Who's going to be the beneficiary of all these votes? And it's important to note, because we like to refer to 2016, what happened with President Trump when he won by nine in this state, what happened in 2018 with Beto O'Rourke losing by two. But the big thing to, to make sure that we keep in mind, too, is that there are hundreds, hundreds of thousands of new voters in this state. Can you guys hear my printer right here? Thing, it has a mind of its own going off over here. Well, so once I, you I, once you mentioned it, we heard it. It's a lot like when I'm sitting in a movie theater and I ask my wife, isn't that driving you crazy? Like you can't even hear the movie because that person's crunching and, and reaching in for the popcorn so much. And she's like, now that you mentioned it, yes, I do hear it. Thank you for pointing that out. So, yes, we all hear the printer now. I tried to print something last night, like eight o'clock, and it's just not printing the thing out. I mean, wow, that's a on. delay. Come on. I know. I, I need to uh, stop buying four and start buying more Texas. Uh, hey, you know, we do want to point out some uh, some, some some viewer feedback. We got the uh, the mailbag here. Remember David Letterman had the mailbag? Yes, viewer mail? I remember that. Well, let's, let's give a shout out to SAR-TX, SAR Texas. Whoever you are out there, we appreciate the uh, the kind review on, um, on Apple Podcasts. That's one so, of the nicer, longer reviews we've gotten, too. I mean, I, I want to blow that thing up and, and print it out on your printer there. May, you know, may take a few days' wait there to get it. Probably uh, so. But uh, frame it. <laughs> so if you guys have a thought about our uh, podcast, something you want to hear about, uh, topic, anything like that, please let us know. Uh, we certainly appreciate that. And 
Jason, we are already working on another podcast for this week. So after you listen to this episode of Yaltics, give us 48 hours and we are pretty confident we're going to have another pretty interesting one out there, uh, a national group that you've heard of. That is going to make some news right here on our humble Yolitics podcast. So uh, look for that here uh, in about two days, about the same period of time it takes uh, Jason's printer to actually react to a document that's in the queue. It's Uh, insane. Thanks, as always, uh, for being with us today. Leave us a review, uh, whether it be glowing or, you know, if you have something that you don't like about Whiteley, let us know. Uh, And uh, we really appreciate the (laughs) feedback. And uh, again, we'll have another episode uh, in a couple of days here. It's a special. And then, uh, of course, every Tuesday we drop a brand new one. Uh, We are 14 days away from Election Day.